So I'm going to do the normal thing. I don't know about normal, but the thing I do a lot, and you may or may not be able to pick this up on the microphone, but do you hear that? Yeah, what is that? So that is a plastic cocktail glass because it has the Mighty Mug base on it, the same base for the mug that Underscore got me for water when I podcast. Yeah. In there, however, is a single large clear ice cube. You could say a neat ice cube. Mm-hmm. I have not used a neat ice cube in a long time because I've been lazy because I'm a parent and I don't have time to be fussy about a lot of things. But tonight, it has been a long time since you and I have spoken. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this right. I haven't even drank during the show in a long time. But tonight I thought I'm going to do this right. I'm going to get me a neat ice cube. And that's what I did. Well, look at that. So it's been a while. It's been too long. It has been too long. And I didn't even get a chance to call you last week, did I? I was swamped. Um, we've been trying, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the air or not, but before we started analog, we used to call each other. I would try to call you once a week and I would say about 60% of the time I actually remembered and did it, but uh, I would try to call you once a week. We would chat for a little bit, maybe when I was on my way to work or whatever. And, uh, when we went bi-weekly or fortnightly or what have you, fortnightly is the best word because bi-weekly is ambiguous. You're right. I agree. I think fortnight is a peculiar, fortnight is a peculiar duration in general, but I concur that that is the correct word in this context. So anyway, uh, since we're going fortnightly, I've been trying to call you on the off Tuesday mornings as I run into work, and I don't believe I had the time last week because it was just such a zoo, and uh, that was the day after I'd gotten back from my trip, which we'll talk about later. Um, But it has been too long, sir, and I've missed you and I've missed the show. Yeah, I had this like weird feeling today where I was like, oh, this is happening, right? (laughs) And, oh yeah, that's the thing. Well, you know, like it was just oh okay, th- this is happening, and th- okay, we're gonna go for it. You know, like, it was just like <laughs> we're doing analog today. Yep. You know, like it was. I don't know. There was just like this. This like I haven't. We haven't done it in so long. Like it's been a month since it was me and you. God, has it really? Didn't and I we? also haven't. Rec- I personally haven't recorded in like three weeks because we recorded. Adina's episode earlier than usual, like a week earlier than usual. Mm, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's wild. But here we are. We're back in the saddle. Yep. We're back in the high life again. Probably going to be a little bit rusty. Probably. Um, but I'm, I'm told that the first thing that one does on a uh, podcast program is you do follow-up. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I don't know if anybody knows this. Well, some people know this, but I help. Uh, Merlin and John out with the production and editing of Reconcilable Differences. So I help them edit the show and, and I help them out with a few other things. And in the episode that had just come out, we put chapter markers in. And um, one of my chapter markers said, follow up, right? Mm-hmm. Follow up. Mm-hmm. John requested a change to have it hyphenated. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and as I, uh, as I sent them the screenshot, well, because I sent them the screenshot of the chapters because I knew there'd be something wrong in there. Of course, right? of course. And uh, I, as I, as soon as I pressed the return key, I was like, he's going to ask me to hyphenate follow-up. Because <laughs> I don't personally like that. Oh, really? I, I don't think that that, make, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I like follow-up. I don't know whether it needs, it needs to be hyphenated. Either, for me, it's two words or one word, not a hyphenated two words. But I don't know. It who was... am I to argue with the, with the man who created the term? Yeah, I think he might have. And beyond that, it was definitely hyphenated back in the prompt days. 
I didn't write any of that. No, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, via text. When you did your little follow-up, that was definitely hyphenated. Definitely. Follow-up. Listen to it. Go. We'll, we'll see if I can convince you to drop in the little soundbite. You I'm can't hear a You can hyphen. hear a hyphen. You can hear it. No, it's follow-up. Like, I can say it quickly, but usually when I'm saying it, I'm saying it as one word. Mm-hmm. Follow-up. I don't know. It's still, it sounds hyphenated to me. Well, I can tell you're getting so frustrated. Take his side, why don't you? Uh, you know, I, lately on ATP, I've not taken John's side on a lot of things. I uh, know. Ahem, USB uh, uh, ad bumpers, which I still think are marvelous and everyone needs to take a friggin' chill pill about. But anyway. I have an opinion about this. Okay. Although I have no reason to have an opinion. No, you're allowed. So I agree that I like those sounds. Thank you. But. We're done. In the first conversation that you guys had about this, Mm -hmm. one of the things you mentioned was that having the Mac sounds, like Marco was trying to avoid current Mac sounds Mm -hmm. because people might think that something's happened to their Mac. Right. Like, pretty much for Windows, this is still current XP. (laughs) I mean, I'm being serious, right? Like, I was using XP just about 18 months ago, two years ago in my old job. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if these sounds sound at least similar on seven or whatever, you know, I'm just yeah. saying, just yeah. putting that out there. But I guess the answer is we don't care about Windows users. Well, and that's the thing is that so many people reached out via Twitter and occasionally via email, just totally worked up about these ad sounds. And oh my God, I mean, not necessarily their words, but effectively they're all saying, oh, I have PTSD when I hear these sounds. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. And, I'm I mean, not buying that. Again, not many have actually used that acronym, but that's basically been the message that they've used. And I just don't get it. Like guys and girls chill out it's okay it's just a little doo-doo and doo-doo like it's gonna be okay they're probably half a second each life will go on i promise now you may not like them in general and that's fine but golly everyone who's like oh it reminds me of windows and i'm better than that now and i'm cooler than windows now and just chill just chill anyway we are getting sidetracked though because i really want to talk about uh, episode 79 of your analog program it was a fun one, right? I really liked it. Aaron and I listened together. We never listened to this show together, mostly because I do the edits when I'm, when I'm at work. But this is the first show that I can recall that we've listened to together since our beloved IRL talk. May it rest in peace. And we'll actually be talking about that a little bit later. Um, this is the first show we've listened to together. We I wanted to listen to it while we were in California, um, but we didn't have the chance because we actually didn't drive that much when we were in California. And again, we'll talk about that later. Um, but we did listen to it together in the car here uh, on the East Coast, and we both really liked it. Um, we both thought Adina did a great job. We both really liked the idea that you guys had to solicit questions. In retrospect, I kind of regret not having done that for the episode that Aaron and I did. Although, did we announce that up front? I don't remember. No, it's a surprise. Okay. Well, then I stand by not having done it. But Me too. That being said, um, I thought it was pretty cool that you guys had done that. And I thought a lot of the questions were 
were either really insightful or really funny in their peculiarity. I can't cite any specific mm-hmm. example, but I thought they were really good. I thought Adina did a great job. Um, I don't really understand her English accent because it didn't really sound any different to me, which I think you Terrible. have some thoughts about. But, yeah. um, but I have to commend her. I thought it was, I, well, both of you, but particularly her, uh, because you are professional podcasters. I thought that uh, she did a great job. I thought it was a really great episode. I appreciate her stepping in. Uh, because when it happened, I don't recall if we talked about this on the show or not, but uh, a couple of days before we were going to California, Aaron said to me, hey, uh, what are you doing about analog uh, next week? Uh, it's nice to know that somebody's looking out for Seriously, me, it's not me. Know? It's definitely Aaron. Aaron. Aaron should be your favorite because it just completely fell off my radar. Uh, you could even say it was under the radar. Um, but anyway, so... She said to me, oh, what are you doing next week? And I thought, oh, crap. And at this point, I don't remember what day it was in that week, but it was uncomfortably close to the time when I didn't think either of us would have the time to record, you, you, and, not, you and I. And so um, what we ended up doing was, I think I had said to you, or maybe it was your idea, but one of us said to the other, well, why don't we have Adina do it and kind of return the favor? Um, well, you mentioned it, but I'd already asked her before you mentioned it, right? Because that was, <laughs> that was my ideal situation would be to have her on the show and to... Because she's long mentioned since since we did uh, top four together that she mm-hmm. wanted to to do uh, another episode, and she said it like at the start of the show, like on her own time zone, on her own terms, when she yep, feels yep. like she's able to be awake and um, alert, and, and you know is is fully able to commit to it. Right, right. So I, I, she she didn't even hesitate. Like I asked her, and she was like, "Yeah, we'll do it." We'll just just we just had to pick a time that kind of worked and we did it over a weekend and and it was great and i have to say though she's she's a harsher editor than you well i've gotten soft in my old age but she she was really intense i did a full listen through edit of my own then mm-hmm. we had to do another one together now when you say you did a full listen through of your own was that kind of with like my level of of um critic criticalness hypercriticalness whatever the word is i'm looking for uh, or or were you a little looser than you would be if i wasn't involved i think i was tighter because my standards are uh, harsher than yours now when i do a full listen interesting okay um so i did one and she wasn't happy and we had to go back and do, do another one. <laughs> when you say another one you mean another edit Another edit, yeah. Right, right. We had to go back and do a full listen through sitting next to each other where she oh, wow. would instruct me about the points. And I got why, because she was, you know, just not 100% confident about it. And, and the show was better for it. I took a lot of stuff out, like some parts dragged on a little bit longer than they needed to, and we mm. kind of tightened that up a bit. So mm. I think the show came off well better for it. And also I felt cool because I got to show off my skills. Ah, nice. So are you right. still doing the like one hand pen, one hand mouse, or trackpad, whatever it is, dance? Yeah, but it's more like how I can take two sentences and put them together, and you never know. Mm. You know, I've, I've I'm pretty skilled now, Look luckily, because it's what I do for a living. So. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's uh, awesome. I want to go back and mention you. You said uh, about Adina's English accent being bad, and and I want to clarify for you that you didn't mean how she talks, but the the accent that she attempts to do where she tries to sound like an English person. Correct. Correct. So some of our Romanian friends, we were talking about this in a in a Facebook group, and they mentioned that they thought that her accent was really good, as in like a spot on impression of an English person. They thought that she sounded like an English person. <laughs> So it confirmed what I expected because I expected that to be the case, right? Because I feel like if I tried to do a Romanian accent, 
everybody here would think that it sounded like that, but Romanian right. people would think that I sounded crazy. Totally. No, that's really funny because, uh, to be honest, I didn't really get much of a difference other than if, if memory serves, she got a lot higher pitched most of the times that she uh, imitated yep. an English that's, accent. That is pretty much all it is. Yeah. Um, Seriously, that is, I've made this joke. It's just higher. Like, I don't right. really know what, what she's tempted to, to uh, do, but that is what she does. Yeah, but in summary, um, both Aaron and I really liked it. We both thought it was really good. We both thought Adina did a great job. Um, you said she has listened back. So the final, final, final version, do you think she's proud of it? Do you think she's happy with it? Or do you think... She listened to that as well. Oh, really? Like, okay. The next day I could hear it somewhere <laughs> in the house. And so yeah, I think there. I've had no complaints. I think she was happy with it. You know, we we've been talking more like, you know about us doing something and we are both very open to it we just do not have a good idea yeah right? yep aaron and i have had similar conversations probably less serious than yours um but in the, in the same vein we've thought well a who really cares about listening to aaron and i and b um we didn't have that like shtick that that really clever idea like top four is a wonderful idea and i think really works for for marco and tiff um I don't know what something like that would be for us, but if we ever found one, it would be cool. The only problem is then I'd actually have to learn how to how to edit stuff or make you do it. <laughs> uh, you thought it was good, though? I mean, you seem pleased. I was very pleased. You should be. I thought you both did a great job. Yeah, I think it, I think it came out real well. Um, there was... I was debating whether to mention this or not, but this show is all about feelings. There was one thing that... I wasn't massively happy about when listening to it and knew I was going to get some feedback about, and I did from a couple of people. There are, there are instances like in the beginning, like in the first maybe 25, 30 minutes, where it sounds like I'm not really letting Adina finish sentences. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like I'm either saying words for her or I am completing sentences for her. And there were like multiple different reasons for this happening but it just sounded like i was being a pig and just talking over mm. her and not letting her finish mm -hmm. and there are a few and i would like to list the reasons i just feel like i have to do this i'm sorry everyone <laughs> um one we do this as podcasters to each other because we know the edit's going to shake it all out Mm -hmm. Right, like we, if we feel like we have something to say, or we feel like we're going to push something in a different direction, we would then just do it and edit it out. But I couldn't do any of that because we were sitting in the same room, so right. it's really difficult to make those edits because you hear people in the in the echo of the other microphone. Um, and then there are a couple of things that are specific to me and Adina. So once she was super nervous at the start, um, so I was trying to kind of help her. Um, Another one is uh, Adina's will sometimes go off into the weeds, like mm -hmm. really far into the weeds. Like this happens between us just in day to day. And I will help bring her back to where she was att attempting to be. Right. Right. So this is something that we do a lot. Like she'll just start talking and then she'll start telling a story and then the story goes on and on. And then we haven't gotten anywhere. So like I will help bring her back. Um, and the other one is. And this is one that is, I guess, more unique to me and her is sometimes I just help her with the words because English isn't her first language. And I can see and I can feel when she's starting to struggle with something. And, and this is something that we, me and her do a lot is I will just I'll just give her the word. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I spoke we spoke had a conversation about this quite early on in our relationship 
where I was like, what do you want me to do here? Like, do you want me to to not say anything? Do you want me to give you some time? Like, what do you want me to do? And we kind of agreed that we'd be like, I would just give her the word. and Because mm-hmm. it's easier for everyone that way. Fair enough. So there you go. I just wanted to clear the air. Like, I'm sorry if it came across like that. And the people that wrote in, I, when I explained that, they were, they said that they understood it. And, and that made me feel happy that, like, people, could, well, after I explained it, could see. But I was very conscious of it. I tried to take a lot of it out um, because I just felt like people would hear it and, and feel like I was being insensitive. It's one of the bigger changes of, of my, my thinking over the last few years and maybe over the last 12 months especially, having get the chance to work with lots of really great uh, women in tech advocates um, is being very cautious of uh, the things that I do and say mm-hmm. about and with women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things that's made me better, right? So like I was... I felt bad about it because I felt like I was like it would give the impression that I was being disrespectful. Um and I don't know if I would have had that feeling 12 months ago, right? Sure. So it's just one of those things that my life has been made better because of the great people that I get to work with. Yeah, I feel like I've been uh, a lot more cognizant of it as well. And not to say I'm doing a, a perfect job far from it, but it's something I'm trying to be better about. And I'm, and I'm try- noticing especially at work too. Um I I try to be a lot more cognizant of when um i don't mean to be but i'm talking um really over a woman or um or just for them or for them yeah and and i have a long way to go but i'm trying to be better about it so i hear you um speaking of podcasts what's the story with the ring post podcast (laughs) uh it's it's happening but it's delayed so this was part of the problem that was potentially going to happen by me pre-announcing this thing, which is one of the reasons why we usually don't do this, mm-hmm. um, or I usually don't do this. So I announced that it was coming in April, kind of a month ago. It's been a month today since I announced that the ring post was going to be a thing. And basically, I have been not like actively working on the show as such, but have been trying to nail down in my head, like, what does this show look like? Like, how is the format going to work? How am I going to have people involved in the show? How much of it's going to be just me? And I just didn't really have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, one of the things that I've been doing is uh, I currently have amassed a small group of people that will be helping me out, but I'm very open to more people joining in, and I've got some ideas about how i'm gonna go get a go about that but i'm also planning on quite a lot of the show being just me monologuing because it's not a skill that i really have so i want to flex that muscle it's part of a lot of what this show is about for me is trying and new things and giving myself a place to advance some skills um so i'm going to try and do a lot more just me monologuing mm-hmm but the main problem that I had was, what is the format of the show? Like, how is an episode formulated? Because I have a few different things that I want to talk about. So I want to talk about two of the main shows that happen in a week. One of them happens on Monday. One of them that happens on a Wednesday. And I wanted to get it all in the the same show. And so I've I've now worked out the format. 
um, that I want to portray. And basically the show will be broken up into four segments. So there'll be an introduction segment and a kind of like what's coming up on this week's show and what are the things that are interesting me this week. Maybe I'll have a little story to tell or something like that. Then I'm going to do uh, coverage of Raw, coverage of NXT, which is my two favorite shows. And then there'll be a full segment each week. Um, and I'm currently planning for the show to not exceed an hour. I mean, we'll see how that goes because I'm trying to seriously fit a lot of stuff in um, on a weekly basis. And then also, you know, I've decided that I'm going to not fix myself to the weekly schedule. Like I might do more. So, like, if if some big news happens and I want to talk about it, like, I'm just going to do it. It's, Interesting. You know. And also, there are there are many special events, like monthly special events that happen, like pay per views and and uh, things like uh, things to that nature. Um, and I'll do like next day shows of those, right? Because they're specials, and I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to do that. So I still don't have a date for when the show begins. But I know now that I'm way closer because this was a big stumbling block for me. Because what I also hope that this is going to do, we'll see, is take some of the burden off of the recording of this show because I'll be doing it in smaller chunks. Excellent. No, I but think that makes we'll sense. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I have a Slack group set up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So after all that talk about how you don't want a community, now you're going to have a community? Well, currently, I say currently, this Slack group is just for the people that I'm going to be working with on the show. Ah, uh, uh, okay, I got you. However, you I am know. considering opening that Slack group up. Oh, my. Part of this whole community thing is not having to manage a community for Relay. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot more tied to it. Like, if something terrible happens in the ring post Slack, and I just have to burn it down, like, oh, well. all right, you know, like that was a bad thing that happened. But right. it's less of an impact on the whole company and the bigger community, right? Because I'm expecting that, like, every listener of the Ring Post would be able to be in the Slack group and it wouldn't be too much of a problem. I am not expecting to have a big hit on my hands here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I am expecting is that everyone that listens to the show, I will want to talk to about the stuff that I enjoy. Because I have to say, I mean, this Slack group has existed for a couple of days. It's already one of my favorite places on the internet. Oh, yeah? Because I just get to talk about this stuff like, with a few people. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, a couple of people that I've known for a while, a couple of people that I'm related to, <laughs> and a couple of people that I've actually just met because this show's coming. You know, and they've just been like kind of talking to me and we've been chatting about this stuff. And now I'm like, I think you'd be great for the show. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting really excited. I I was starting to get a little bit down on the idea just because I felt like I was like, I had this idea and I couldn't, I I couldn't push it forward. And like, I couldn't find the thing that I liked about it. Like I couldn't work out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. And now I've got that. I'm, I'm very excited about it again. So I was just like, I've announced this thing and I started to feel the burden of it. Sure. It's like I haven't done anything with it yet, and I don't know how I'm going to be do- producing this thing, and I don't know if I have the time for it. That kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. now I'm working through a lot of that stuff. I'm I'm feeling good. I have to say though, this is my last thing on this. This is kind of tangentially related. I am feeling like I the end of the year again, like I did last year. I'm, I'm going to have to start making some kind of structural changes again to the amount of shows that I'm doing. Oh. I just feel like I've I've I'm pushing up against that limit again. 
Hmm. Well, it's been fun doing the show with you, and uh, I hope we have a few more that we can get through before you fire me. Who knows, man? Who knows? You might be bored of me by then. No, I doubt that. We've got another seven months in us at least. We can promise that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Why don't you tell us about something that's awesome, uh, which is much more awesome than you firing me? You're not fired. You can never be fired. <laughs> Funny thing is, I thought that you quit the show. Oh, that's right. How did that come about? You tweeted something. Oh, like, yes, that's right. You was like, posit. What was it like? Posit. God, let me see if I can find it. This hold is on, analog on. or something like that was what you said to yeah, me. Yeah, th- something like this is analog number one or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah, posit this is analog episode number one. And I was like, is this Casey trying to quit? Right. Like, so, but you have to understand, so this was a tweet that I sent to Mike and Adina. And it says, just like just like Mike read, posit this is episode one, number one of analog. But the key, the joke here, which is apparently too well hidden, was that I spelled it A-N-A-L-O-G-U-E. No parentheses, just the word. And so my joke, I thought, was, oh, this is the very first time that it's been an all-British analog, and thus the spelling is completely not up for grabs. And I was all proud of myself. I thought that was a really clever joke. And then, Mike, I forget, you were very gentle about it, but you basically very quietly started freaking. (laughs) You said, did you just quit? And then the, like, really worried, frowny face... (laughs) I was genuinely concerned that this was your way of leaving. No. Oh, God, no. I would do it much more directly than that. Good grief. Give me a little credit. It's like, you going to tweet at me? Is this how we do this now? Like, you're going you're gonna to tweet your resignation? Oh, God. Man, how far away are we from people tweeting their resignations? Probably not far. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mm-hmm. This episode of Analog is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Do you have that career plan set in motion? Whether you're looking to start a career in IT or you're already working in the field, certifications and credentials are the key to getting a job or promotion. IT Pro TV's mission is education through engagement with up-to-date, high-quality video content and access to the most important tools that you're going to need for certification. IT Pro TV includes over 1,000 hours of content with 50 hours being added each and every single week. Their courses are available wherever you want to watch them. You can watch them live and on demand from your Chromecast, Roku, PC, iOS, Android device, your Amazon Fire TV, or fourth generation Apple TV. And these courses include topics like Microsoft Technology Certification, Google Apps for Work, Administrator, Google Groups for Business. They have Cloud Plus and Active Directory in Azure, uh, Cisco ASA, Express Security with Todd Lamley, and so much more. All of IT Pro TV's courses are transcribed. You can easily watch them from start to finish or just jump around to that part that you're looking for. If you're a working IT Pro, this is the ongoing resource that you need to keep your skills current. They have corporate and group pricing available and some of IT Pro TV's clients include Harvard, MIT, UCSD, Stanford, and more. All of their content is really personality driven. They have live streams, they have chat rooms. It's just like the kind of podcasting stuff that you're used to, but you know what? You're going to learn some great skills as well they're really good at keeping things up to date and they produce new content wherever they need to to jump on that new security training for example they are right there at all times you can check out itpro.com 
youtube.tv slash analog to upgrade your brain with the most popular IT certifications. Premium subscriptions are normally $57 a month or $570 a year, but you can try it for free for seven days when you sign up using our code analog30 at and you'll be able to check out all their courses, live stream, and more. And when you use that code, you'll also get 30% off the lifetime of your account. So that works out to less than $40 a year or $3.99. $40 per month or $3.99 for the entire year. So that's itpro.tv slash analog and the code analog3030. Thank you so much to IT Pro TV for their support of this show and Relay FM. Excellent. So what are we talking about tonight? Casey Fornia, baby. Oh, God. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it or spell it, but I'm assuming you would like to talk about the trip. Mm-hmm. So where did you go? What did you do? Okay, so uh, Aaron is second in line of five kids, and the uh, the kid next after her, uh, the third born, the middle child, um, her name is Rachel, and she lives in the um, Los Angeles area of California. And so we went on a Monday. We flew direct from Dulles to uh, LAX. We spent a couple of days near Rachel and saw her a couple times. And then at the end of the week on Thursday, we went up to a different uh, subsection of of the Los Angeles area. And we were um, at my immediate younger brother's wedding. So I'm the eldest boy of three boys and my... Uh, immediate younger brother adam got married on uh, saturday on saturday the 30th of april i'm gonna have to commit that to memory anyway um but while we were there we were able to do some cool things other than see family uh we met a couple of friends of the show uh, or met up with a couple of friends of the show and met a friend of the show uh we got to participate in the wedding i was co-best man with my other younger brother uh declan was the ring bearer and that was kind of cool um, we survived a cross country plane journey, uh, with the 18 month old Declan, which was excellent. Uh, and we went to Disneyland for uh, a few hours one morning. So it was a whirlwind tour. All right. So I want to talk about the awesome people that you got to spend time with. Okay. So you hung out with Faith. We it's like did. your first time meeting Faith. No, because we. No. We were all together at WWDC Correct. a couple years ago. So uh, a couple of years ago, like you said, it was in 2014. Um, Faith was in San Francisco, I believe, at least in part specifically for WWDC, so she could meet and see all of her podcaster friends. Uh, this is Faith, who has guested on uh, previous episodes, or I guess just one previous episode of uh, this very program. No, two, because she joined us and then we called her in. Ah, time. right, 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 right. Um and she and uh, Jason Cipher were co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts of all time, IRL Talk. Uh, may it rest in peace. I miss that show. Anyway, um, so it just so happened that Faith and I were sending emails back and forth. I forget what the reason was, but it was most likely me trying to guilt her into coming to San Francisco. And um, she had said something about how she was going to be in L.A. next week. And this was the week before we left. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah, you know, we have this film festival we're going to. This is uh, Faith and her uh, new husband, Stephen. Oh, we're going to this film festival, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be in L.A. for a little bit. When? Oh, well, we'll be there on uh, Thursday, and then we'll be there for, you know, through the weekend or something like that. Um, But, yeah, you know, we're not going to have a car or anything, but we'll be there. 
really? So uh, what ended up happening was when we did the grand transition and relocation from uh, the suburb of L.A. where Rachel lives to uh, the suburb of L.A. where Adam was getting married, uh, we went the a relatively indirect way and went via Hollywood where Faith and Stephen were, and we got to have lunch with them uh, at one of Faith's favorite restaurants called Tender Greens, uh, right down the road from uh, Man's Chinese Theater. Uh, What's well, not called Man's Chinese Theater anymore. It's called Grauman's, I think, Chinese Theater. Joe Steele, correct me in the chat. But anyway, um, it's basically where the Walk of Fame is and all the the... the stereotypical Hollywood. That's that's where we were. And so we were able to meet up with Faith. Uh, Faith had never met Declan. Declan had never met Faith. None of us had met Stephen. Well, except Faith, of course. <laughs> um, and uh, it was a really, really lovely lunch. And I'm really, really, really glad that um, we were able to make it work. It was asking kind of a lot of them to go out of their way to come meet us. It was um, a little bit of a just a minor pain for us to go, not the most direct way possible to our next destination. But so worth it. Uh, Aaron and I both were so very glad we got to meet Stephen, who is awesome. Surprise, surprise. Um, and got to see Faith again. So it worked out really, really well. Um, and we're really glad that we were able to do that. So, yeah, it was awesome. And then Joe Steele. He's real. He is real, as it turns He's out. He's tall, right? He's he tall is, guy. He is a very tall man. Um, yeah, so when we were in the wedding area... Um, Joe had very graciously or offered to meet us for breakfast one day before work because at this point, you know, he was going to his jobby job and I was on vacation. Um, so he met us and was kind enough actually to come basically literally, not even basically, literally right across the street from our hotel. Uh, so we were able to just walk right over to the restaurant and uh, we were able to meet him for breakfast, which was um, super nice of him to take the time out of his day to do that. I probably made him an hour late for work, uh, which I still feel guilty about. Um, I, I probably was awkwardly telling him to go away because I felt so bad that I was keeping him late, but, uh, let it be known, Joe, that my, my intentions were pure. I just didn't want to make you late. But anyway, uh, we had a really lovely, uh, breakfast with Joe, um, at some French chain restaurant whose name I couldn't pronounce. Le Pain Quotidien. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming you're looking at an Instagram Tag yep, or we something. have them here. Okay. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd not heard of these before. Uh, pro tip, the French toast with banana on it. Normally, I'm not that into having fruit in my breakfast. Oh, God, it was good. Man, it yeah, was good. Yeah, they don't make that here, I don't think. At least I've never seen it. Oh, it was good times. So anyway, yes, Joe, it doesn't, the Instagram picture that will be in the show notes does not really do it justice. I'm about six feet, give or take half an inch to an inch. Like, how tall would you say you are, Mike? Because you're an inch or two taller than I. No, I'm about six foot, so that okay. means you're under six, I'm afraid. Well, fair enough. So I would Sorry, so call me five eleven, maybe six foot if I'm uh, stretching just a little bit. <laughs> but um I felt like Joe was easily two or three inches taller than I. I think which, Joe's seven foot four. I, I you know, I I was thinking more seven eight, but um Okay. Know, it could be either way. Uh but no, really really, really awesome guy. I was really, really excited that we got to meet him and uh, like I said, it was very kind of him to take time out of his day to um to come all the way to us. I mean, he was, I guess he was staying somewhere near ish the night before. So it wasn't like, you know, a seven hour trek, but as we learned very quickly in Los Angeles, which you probably don't want to ask me about, lest you want to hear me go on a two hour rant, uh, going anywhere in Los Angeles by automobile takes for fricking ever. 
And so um, it was very nice of him to meet us and uh, spend some time with us. And he did not check his watch every five minutes as I would have if I was delaying going to work. But um, yeah, he's a super great guy. Really glad I got to meet him. And he is indeed real. And apparently, as per uh, this in- individual who likes to go by Joe Steele in the chat, Joe Steele is six foot three. I don't believe that. And I'm not sure I do either. We have an but... imposter in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> and but... then and then there was a wedding. There was. Uh, it looks like you got married a few years ago. <laughs> a bunch of people. I think that picture of Adam just so happened to look a lot no, like me. No, no. I don't know. Um, either way, I mean, I can see the resemblance. I never thought of me as looking, or I never thought of Adam and I looking that similar, but a lot of people, when I tweeted this picture, said, oh, my God, you guys look the same. Um, it might be a side profile thing. Maybe. Right, which yeah. might be why you don't see it. Because, obviously, all we have is side profile here, right? That's all we have of him. Like, maybe it's like, well, i tell you what I can see. It's like you, you share a nose and a smile. Like, <laughs> I can see that much. But, like, I can see that much. I can. They yeah. are the predominant features there, I think. But, Fair yeah, enough. how much younger is he? So Adam is going to be 30 later this year. Um, he is a little bit shorter and, and in much better shape than I am. He, um, he actually exercises regularly. So you can't really tell in this picture of him and his now wife uh, when he's in a suit. But I assure you that um, as with everyone else who lives in Los Angeles, he uh, looks much better than I do because he works out constantly, just like everyone in LA. Um, but anyway, he, it was a really lovely wedding. Um, I very much like my new sister-in-law. Um, the wedding went pretty well, all told. Uh, I don't recall there being any major issue. Declan did his best. He did really well as the, um, he did really well as the ring bearer, even though he wasn't actually bearing rings. It was more of an honorary thing because I had the rings in my pocket the whole time. But, um, you were best man. I was co-best man with my other brother, Brady. Um, right. And so Does Brady look like you, uh, some, I, I, if I can, I'll, I'll either post or dig up a picture and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, do you look like your dad? I think I look a lot more like my dad and Adam looks a lot more like my mom. And I would, right. and I would say Brady's a combination. And actually I think mm. that's true disposition wise as well. I feel like I'm a clone of my dad. Uh, Adam is in many ways a clone of my mom and Brady is like a straight down the middle 50, 50 split. Okay. Anyway, I'll I'll see if I can put a I'll see if I can dig up a picture of the three of us that's relatively recent. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so Declan did well um, doing the actual walking part where he was supposed to be, you know, walking down the aisle. Um, but it's so tough, especially for Aaron, because you know when it's my family, well, it's our family, but like my side of the family that that is that is doing this whole wedding thing, you know, she's the one that gets the shaft and has to take him back to the hotel to do it, to take a nap. And then, you know, she missed because it happened to be a morning wedding. And then like an afternoon reception, she missed like half the reception because of uh, nap time, which is, I mean, it's not Adam's and, and his now wife, Jackie's fault. I mean, they, they did what was best for them, which is exactly what they should do. But it, I felt bad for Aaron cause she kind of got the shaft. And this is like the fourth wedding in a row where it's been someone that I've brought to the relationship. Like they're, they've always been mutual friends, but, but, you know, or I've been in the wedding. I've been in actually a couple of weddings recently. And so Fancy. so it's so it stinks for her. And I feel terrible for her because, um, you know, she constantly gets the shaft and having to deal with Declan. And, and I try to help as much as I can. But it's tough. You know, I, I don't want to take away from Adam's wedding or whomever's. Um, I did give a speech. 
Uh, I think that went okay. There's uh-huh. a there, there is a recording of it. Um, it was stressful, man. Like I don't mind talking in front of people. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, and I don't mean that to be like smug and oh look at me, I'm so smart. But I mean, look at what I'm doing right now. I mean, yes, I'm only talking to you at this very moment, but I know that that there will be relatively transferable skills. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Yeah. A- and it's funny. Um, I didn't say this to Brady, and I don't think he listens to the show. But one of the things I noticed between Brady and myself is that my microphone technique, while not perfect because I was holding, you know, a wireless mic, was fairly, you know, the mic was approximately the same distance from my mouth all the time, even if I was, like, looking left and right or walking backward and forward or what have you. Um, Brady, however, basically was swinging his arms around where one of the arms just so happened to have a microphone in it. And that's what I would be doing had I not been doing this for so long. You know what I mean? Yep. Son, if you don't know how to use a microphone by now... Soulcase game over. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I felt like the speech went well. I kept it short. I kept it relatively light. Um, there is there's a video of it, but I'm not going to post it anywhere because I don't think it'll really mean anything to anyone else. Um, but I, I was I, I'm proud of it. I think there were a couple of jokes that I wanted to land better than did. There were a couple of things that apparently were jokes that weren't <laughs> intended to be. <laughs> but um, but all in all, I thought it went well, and the wedding was great, and it was also awesome to see family. Um, and and Adam's friends as well, Adam and Jackie's friends. Um, they their friends are re- not that our friends aren't great as well, but their friends are really awesome and really really um, uh, loving and 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 genuine and a lot of fun to be around. And so we got to hang with family. Uh, my my uh, maternal grandparents were there, so these are mom's parents and uh, Declan's great grandparents. They made the trip from Pennsylvania to California. Um, they're both eighty or knocking on the door of 80 years old. So that was really exciting and impressive. Um, and since they're in Pennsylvania, we don't get to see them very often. Uh, so there's a really lovely picture of the two of them swinging Declan in the hotel lobby, which I, which I really enjoyed. Um, and seeing them was really great. Uh, all in all, it was a really great time. Uh, driving in Los Angeles, as I mentioned before, no matter what Google maps tells you or Waze tells you or anything else tells you triple the amount of time that they say, because it takes forever. Um, it was funny looking at the Google Maps um, traffic view of the greater Los Angeles area anywhere between about 8 and 10 in the morning and the equivalent times in the evening because basically all of L.A. was red. And I don't understand how any of you put up with this. I don't. I don't. I I can't fathom it. Uh, the greater D.C. area is the same way. Uh, if you have to drive on any major interstate in D.C., just good luck. And L.A. is probably worse. Um, the plane journey went really well all told on the way out we had gotten um we had gotten declan an actual ticket um because we wanted to have the extra space since it was just the two of us and so we put the car seat in one of the seats we had him in one of the seats then he could kind of like walk around with us if need be on the way back the fare just so happened to be considerably more expensive and so we said hey mom and dad what flight are you on we'll take that one and so we kind of uh, guilted my parents into helping out with baby duty, and they were really good about that. And all in all, he was really good. Time change, he was okay with. Um, the big problem of the trip was sleeping. Um, we would put him down at approximately normal time, give or take a smidge. Uh, normal time, normal local time. So, you know, he usually goes to bed about seven. We would put him down around about seven o'clock most nights. And he would go anywhere between one and five hours and then wake up screaming uncontrollably. And uh, and, and he could not be consoled no matter what we did, which in and of itself at home, we would just 
we would ride it out and work on it. But you're in the middle of a hotel. It's like terrifying. And you don't want to wake up the whole hotel. So we ended up doing uh, what parents call co-sleeping. And what that basically means is we brought Declan into the bed with us, which we have done maybe one other time in our lives. And I don't particularly care for it. I don't think Aaron really loved it either. But it was the means to an end. And I'm happy to report that it only took a couple of days to get him back on his schedule once we were home, which was really important because we didn't know if, you know, we were going to be fighting this for like two weeks or something like that. Um, so it ended up working out really, really well. And uh, it, once we got home and if the most of our issues was co-sleeping, then I'd say we're doing all right. Co-sleeping is a strange word. It is. It's, it's a strange word. It's a strange thing. I know a lot of parents that that really swear by it that that do it for what i consider to be an uncomfortably long time i mean personally i don't really care for it at all and obviously neither does aaron but i know a lot of parents that um that do it and swear by it and do it for a long time i think that's a little bit i don't know if i should say weird but it's not that's not what i would want but you know to teach their own um but i was very glad that it ended up that it worked out all right. So I'd like to talk about a couple other very, very quick things, but any questions before I do? No, not so far. Okay. Um, one of the coolest moments I've ever had as a parent happened at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, Aaron had made it back to the reception. Declan had just slept. Um, and she, Aaron was like shoveling some food in her face because she basically had to skip lunch to, to let Declan, um, go nap. And so she hadn't had any lunch. And I was, I was at least smart enough to save her a plate. Um, when, when the food came out, which I was very excited that I had the wherewithal to do that because sometimes I don't anyway. Um, the dance floor was just opened up and there was, you know, the DJ was playing some sort of music and I don't remember how it happened. I guess Declan was just running around. Um, but somehow or another, he ended up on the dance floor. Maybe my parents brought him out there. Maybe he walked out there, but he ended up on the dance floor and, all of a sudden, there were like two or three people near him as he was kind of like doing his dancing thing. And you have to understand, um, Declan, since I can remember, would dance by kind of tilting his head left and right. And that was his dancing. I know it's kind of hard to, to, to do this, but I'm going to try to paint a word picture here. So he would just kind of bop his head left and right. And that was his dancing. But the rest of his body was like dead still. still. Well, now that he's walking and whatnot, and he's starting to get like arms and feet involved. And it's the most adorable thing in the world. Uh-huh. Well... He ends up on the dance floor and the bride, Jackie, and a couple other people are there around him. Well, give it like another minute or two, and I'll be damned if there wasn't easily 20 people surrounding him on the dance floor, which is not an uncommon thing at a wedding for a bunch of people to be around someone who is dancing. But for it to be an 18-month-old toddler was hysterical and the most adorable thing in the world. And for it to be my 18-year-old toddler, oh my God, it was the coolest feeling and being, especially since I hate dancing, I'm, I'm petrified of it because I'm way too self-conscious for it. Um, I, I don't think I'm particularly good at it. I like to think I have good rhythm, but I don't think it ever makes that. I don't think that rhythm, it can be, it ever makes it out of my body. If that makes sense. Um, it was so cool to watch him and to see this little guy that was so uninhibited because he doesn't know better. And it's, and it makes you wonder like, how can I prevent him from knowing better, if that makes any sense? You know, how can I keep that innocence in him? And, oh, God, it was the funniest thing in the world. And I, I am so proud of him that he, that he was able to do that. I just thought it was so adorable. This week's episode is brought to you by 
Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% of your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort... It's worth sharing with the world. And Squarespace makes it easy for you to share something with the world. You don't have to have a large skill base of coding knowledge. You don't know how to build a website. That doesn't matter. You don't need to. I don't know how to build websites. And I've been making Squarespace sites for years. Ever since drag and drop, they have state-of-the-art technology and tools to power your site and to make it easy for you to give it that personal flair of your own. They have professionally designed templates that look fantastic on all sizes of device, but you can get in and tweak and, and make it feel like your own. You can choose fonts and colors, and you can very easily drag and drop around the, the elements on a page and make it your own. You know, we were talking about the ring post earlier. Um, I needed to set up a landing page for that. I went and set up a Squarespace cover page. It's very simple. It's just like a single page website. They have a few like specific templates for that one, you know, and I just wanted, all I wanted was an image, uh, some some text, a button for Twitter, and a button for an email newsletter. And it's super simple. I was able to set it up tweak it to my heart's content and I was super happy. They have a commerce platform, they have support with live chat and email. They have these people are there twenty four seven. They're always there to help you if you need it. They have everything that you could possibly be looking for when you're looking to build your own site. And what I also love about Squarespace is that you can suggest it to the people in your life that want websites as well. You know, this can be from professional things to family members to even that like local charity or local youth group or whatever it is that you are involved in. You can suggest it to them to get a website set up and it's super simple. And because of the 24 7 support, you don't even need to have to help them later on because Squarespace have got you covered in that regard. You can sign up for a free trial today of no credit card required. And start building your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code FEELS, F-E-E-L-S, at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Analog. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, I'm going to attempt now to set some kind of record for a piece of follow-up, which is a year old. Okay. Tell me more. On episode 40 of Analog, I attempted to explain to you the Eurovision Song Contest. I remember this. Episode number 40 on May 17th. Well, it is Eurovision time again. Mm. I thought I'd seen uh, Simone uh, tweeting about this earlier today. Uh, Simone was tweeting about the semifinals, which were on tonight, which were on in the house, and they were very interesting. Eurovision is full of crazy things, and one of the things that I like the most about it is it's also full of really bad music. Like, I hate it, but like it at the same time. Right. So you can imagine the semifinals is full of even more bad music, and people that can't even really sing very well. (laughs) Very interesting. So that was on this evening, so we were watching that. The key difference this time, though, is that for the first ever time, Eurovision is going to be broadcast in the US. Okay. When is it? You you need to watch it. Mm. When is it? May the 14th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Okay. It, it is on a Viacom-owned cable network called Logo. I don't think we get that, but I can check it out. Hang on a second. What I love about Logo, I just read this on The Verge, is that it is an LGBT-themed programming network, which fits so perfectly for Eurovision because it's so incredibly camp and incredible, right? Like, it's just perfect, absolutely perfect. But it's also streaming online uh, in the U.S. at Logotv.com and in the Logotv app. Interesting, okay. You need to watch this. Do I have to, Daddy? Yes. Just tune in for some of it. Like, if you, it's on for many hours. If you just watch the, some of the performances, that's fine. Don't bother sitting around for the voting because that's like half of the show and it's so boring. You need to watch it. And some people suggested, and I love this idea, but I don't think this is the year to do it. For me and you to do a riff tracks at the Eurovision Song Contest. Wait, what, what is a riff tracks? We watch it together uh-huh. live and record what we're thinking, and then people can watch, they can listen to us later synced together, so they can watch Eurovision and listen to me and you talk about what they're seeing. I think. I think if we're going to do this, we should either do a live broadcast as it's... Oh, I think I do get Logo. I think I do. I think it's channel 187 for me. Interesting. Um, if we're going to do this, if you're going to make me watch this this ridiculous show, then we should either do a live broadcast or perhaps we can meet in the middle and maybe we can do... What's that um, What's that app that everyone liked for five minutes that, that lets you do like text message conversations publicly? A talk publicly? show. Yeah. We can, can we do a talk show about it? We can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. I think that we should this year do something like that. And if, it, if we enjoy it together, <laughs> next year, <laughs> we go full on live analog for the whole many hours that Eurovision whoa, whoa, goes whoa, whoa, whoa. on for. How many hours? Many hours. What I'm saying is, this time, just watch the performances. Don't watch the uh, the voting. So I'm like sorry. The voting is like half of the time that the show is on, and it's not worth you watching that in the first instance. Okay, so you said, what time? Three in the afternoon on yep. this coming Saturday. So this won't even yep. be out yet, this episode. Exactly. I am looking at what is ostensibly the TV listings for my cable provider mm-hmm. at 3 p.m. on channel 187. I am reading Eurovision Song Contest 2016. It goes so, on until 6 o'clock. So that's three hours. Does yeah, that sound so right? you, you only need to watch about half of that. The first or the last half? First half. All right, I will do. I can't guarantee that we will be home at that time. I suspect we will be, though. This is a pretty good. This is pretty good timing for this to be a possibility. Are you a talk show member? Yeah, already? I believe I am. Probably too. download the app again. Everybody listening to this now, this is one of those funny when did they record analog things. We'll know if this has happened. Right. I think you can get links to them as well. So if we have done this, you will find a link in the show notes if such a thing is possible to Mining Casey's talk show about the Eurovision Song Contest. So I had to kind of spring this on you because I this news only this news came out in between the episodes. Uh, but next year, if we enjoy this, I think we should we should go all in and and really kind of kind of do the whole do the whole shebang. 
Okay. Uh, well, I, I, um, I would like to do a talk show, assuming I'm home, which I think I will be. Um, I would like to do a talk show this year. And then assuming I don't rip all my hair out in frustration or have to turn it off out of anger, then let's, let's do a live broadcast next year. Sounds great. Are you excited? Have you watched? So how were the semifinals? You said you watched it, right? Uh, I saw some of it. I wasn't watching it. Like okay. it was on in the house. I was cooking and then cleaning up. I was basically trying to do anything, uh, which wasn't watch it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I kind of stayed away. Mm-hmm. But so, so you haven't seen much of it, but are we, are we excited about it? What does, does Britain, does the UK have a contestant contender, whatever the terminology is? So there are five countries, I believe, of which Britain is one where we do not need to qualify because we pay the most. Ah, interesting. Okay. So, like, there are fees, which brings me to this other hilarious part of this, which is Romania is not in the Eurovision Song Contest this year. Aw, poor Dina. Because they haven't haven't paid their fees (laughs) for many years. (laughs) That's sad. It's hilarious. And one of the neighboring countries, Moldova, they are like a smaller country, a poorer country, like Adina was telling me about this today. Yeah. But they're in. They've oh. been paying. So is Adina rooting for them or is she rooting for the UK? How does that work? I don't think she's decided yet. Okay. I asked her that question, but I don't think she's decided yet. All right. Uh, I gabbed way too much about uh, California. So let's uh, quickly do some real your feels. All right, so let's do a question here from Brandon. Brandon asked, you both have your go-to drinks, but do you still find yourselves wanting to try new concoctions now and again? Uh, Shall I start? Um, I definitely do. I have two go-to drinks. I either do a vodka on the rocks or a vodka martini. Um, Very, very dry. Get your olives away from my martini. Um, Twist a lemon, if you please. That being said, there are definitely times when I'll get something off of the bar menu. Um, I do tend to have a mojito from time to time. I like those. And if there's something that just strikes my fancy, I'll definitely do that. But generally speaking, um, I'll just order some sort of vodka drink. How about you? I tend to go same base quite a lot. You know, like my my main bases would be bourbon. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it might be like vodka. or whiskey would be kind of the main basis that I'll take in a drink. But if I go to a nice cocktail place, I will always look at their menu and see if anything strikes my fancy before I just go ahead and order something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm very willing to try new drinks because I don't drink an awful lot and I w- like to have what I really like. And I know that sounds what well, this sounds weird for what I'm about to say, but that makes me try new things because if there's something else that I'm going to like more, I would like to have it whenever I drink at home. Mm-hmm. So like I drink, don't drink at home very much. I drink way less out. And I figure I can always just have one drink and not like it and then get another one. Yeah. Um, because now I have a few staple drinks that I really like. Saying this, went out for dinner with Adina uh, and my brother and his girlfriend um, over the weekend and I was looking for the menu and they just had nothing bourbon it was mainly all gin and Ugh. I wasn't interested in any of the vodka ones so I was like can I get a mint julep and they were like <laughs> sure I was like awesome Score. I like mint juleps I haven't had one in a long time but last I did 
did. I, I think it was at a Kentucky Derby par- party, as you do. And mm-hmm. I remember it being uh, pretty good. Basically, a mint julep is a mojito with bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you're right. It's a great enough. drink. Love I love mint juleps. Uh, Marut asked, uh, in regards to smoking, so you had asked me if I ever smoked. Mm-hmm. What about shisha? Do you know what shisha is? Not a clue. It is a, a shisha is like a a pipe type thing. Um, people tend to do these kind of in groups, so you'll get like a big, this huge big pipe, which has a bunch of like hose type tubes oh yes yes i know what you're talking about i don't can, I, I think we call it something else here or i'm just okay. ignorant but yes i do know what you're talking about so uh i've never done shisha uh i i would i would because it doesn't have like tobacco in it and stuff i'm sure it's still not like amazingly great for you but like i would try it because i've never tried it uh maybe you call it like hookah yes you're right that's what it is you're absolutely right um i would totally try it but like but i haven't so because yeah. what you can get them in like flavors and stuff it's kind of closer to, i think probably in the way that a lot of people do it to vaping right because you can get it in flavors and mm-hmm. that kind of thing uh but yeah i just have never tried it i we may have talked about this in the past but i don't recall are you a cigar smoker i have smoked cigars I would be more likely to smoke a cigar than a cigarette because typically, like, people have cigars for specific occasions or reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only done it a handful of times. I'm not even sure if I'm doing it right. I don't know. I I do what I think is smoking a cigar. <laughs> and uh, I do quite like it as a, like, once every several years thing, you know, which is, I think, yep. kind of the same thing you're saying. is is a very great once in a while thing. Just to celebrate something or to enjoy something, um, I, I do enjoy it. I don't think I've smoked one since a good friend of mine got married. Um, Aaron and I were both in the wedding, and this was before Declan. So this was like 2013, I think, um, is the last time I've smoked one. But uh, I do like it from time to time. All right, uh, Brian asked us, uh, what's your go-to crappy food slash takeout, or for you, I believe that's takeaway, uh, or lazy night order? And, uh, and why don't you start? I have a couple of answers. So oh, I have so many. <laughs> Go ahead. Typically, like, you know, kind of takeout would maybe be Chinese food. Um, is is really high on the list, but recently I've been... When saying like the crappy food one really helps with this, I've had Domino's a few times recently, um, maybe in the last couple of months, just for like varying reasons. Like one was at like a family gathering, and then one was like this past weekend, me and Adina just didn't want to cook, mm-hmm. um, and we ordered Domino's. And one of the reasons is the Domino's I have found in the UK make. A pretty good pepperoni pineapple pizza. Of course. Here we go. Every podcast has to have pepperoni pineapple in it. They do a really <sighs> good job of making pepperoni pineapple, I've got to say. So I've been enjoying Domino's more recently. Right, so here's the thing I want to just make very clear. Um, I would love to eat from a better pizza takeaway than Domino's. But where I live, I mean, bear in mind, I am not in London. I am on the outskirts of London. I cannot get any of the good places to deliver to me. We have something here called Deliveroo, which is kind of like Postmates. They won't 
do they won't come out to my area like dominoes is all i have but in all honesty like for what i'm looking for in those scenarios where i'm going to order it it pretty much fits the bill and also pepperoni pineapple pizza is amazing oh god it's so good I I can't I don't like pineapple. Whilst at my family gathering, I asked for it, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's a stupid thing," and everybody tried it and liked it. I mean, I would try it, but I'm not a pineapple fan, and it just it doesn't sound appealing. to but me. But like, I don't like like pineapple. I don't like eating rings of pineapple. It just works. It's the sweetness with the saltiness. It just works real well. God, it's a good thing John Syracuse doesn't listen to the show. Um, for me, uh, anything you can imagine, I I would probably eat. So one of the biggest, uh, what is the British term for this? A bugbear, something that just really ticks you off, like kind of like I a pet know. peeve. Um, there's a British, yeah. there's a British term for it. That, pet peeve. Uh, well, I thought like bugbear or something like that was another one. You've said it something like that to me in the past. It doesn't matter anyway. Um, one thing that really ticks me off is when people are too cool for some sort of food. Like, oh no, I, I can't go to Olive Garden. That stuff is disgusting. Or I can't go to, I don't know, Taco. Well, Taco Bell is kind of disgusting, but I still love it. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't have Domino's. That's that's so gross. God, how could you eat that? Like, whatever, man. Like. If it tastes good, eat it. I mean, obviously, you don't want to have Domino's every night. You don't have Taco Bell every day. But if it tastes good, freaking eat it. And people in um, in the area in which I live, Richmond has – oh, I feel like every city says this, right? But I feel like um, Richmond has a fairly vibrant food scene, particularly the city of Richmond. And, and similar to you, I live on the outskirts of the city. So there's still plenty of, like, mom-and-pop shops out here, but – we live very close to like the main drag that goes from where we live all the way through the center of Richmond and out the other side. And so any chain restaurant you can ever imagine almost without fail somewhere on this road, that's very close to us. There's two or three olive gardens off this road. There's probably seven different McDonald's, etc. There are times when I will want to eat a taco bell and we will occasionally eat a taco bell. And I don't see the problem with that. Like, Everybody relax. So to more directly answer your question, what's your crap go-to crappy food slash takeout slash lazy night order? Actually, probably Domino's as well. We used to be really big Papa John's fans uh, for the longest time, but we feel like the quality's really taken a turn over the last year or two. And we've ordered several times. Maybe it's just the local one. I don't know. But we've ordered several times from the local one, and it's been more expensive than we expected. And it hasn't been as tasty as we remember it. Um and so we've started getting Domino's, which has been really, really good. And do they have the pizza tracker, the delivery pizza tracker in the UK? That's great. It's oh, so fun. Oh, God. I love it. I love it. And so if you're not familiar, basically they'll tell you exactly when the pizza is – or when the order is received, when the pizza is being prepared, when it's put in the oven, if it's delivery, when it's put in the car. It's awesome. And so I would actually agree with you that Domino's is one of those things um, – if I'm feeling lazy and or hungover, um, there are three different breakfast places that I that I will often go to. I love McDonald's breakfast, um, even though it is hard to feel like particularly macho when you order it. The egg, the egg white delight is wonderful. It, you could even say it's delightful. It's basically an egg McMuffin, but with egg whites uh, and a different cheese. Um, 
I also like Sonic Drive-In, um, where you drive up to uh, like a thing, like a menu that's it's a big, big metal and plastic menu. You push a little button and then you shout your order in and then somebody often on roller skates will bring you your food and then you drive away. Um, and actually, Taco Bell breakfast, believe it or not, very good. The Taco Bell morning crunch wrap, excellent. Hold the hot sauce, not necessary, but excellent. So, uh, yeah, that, that would be my answer. I could go on forever, but we'll stick with that. The excellent comment that does make me smile. Like, it can't be excellent. Taco surely. Bell breakfast? Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. I, the thing of it is, so here's the thing, and I think this is what bothers me. The thing of it is, is that it's a different kind of excellent, right? So the what we were talking about, the Le Pan, what, what did, where did we go with Joe Steele? Can you pronounce that again? Le Pan Quotidien. Thank you. That um, French toast with banana on it, holy crap. I know we already talked about it, but holy crap. That was, by any definition, excellent taco bell it's crappy food like by definition it's crappy food but as crappy food goes it's excellent so i i really it it just it's a bee in my bonnet it's a bugbear it's a pet peeve whatever you want to call it that people can't just enjoy stuff like if it tastes good enjoy it you are not better than taco bell you're not better than taco bell 